Well, I invite you to uh, turn to our passage this morning. If you have your bulletin, our passage is over there on page 3. As we come to our celebration of the Lord's Supper uh, this week, thought this would be a good time to take a little bit of a break from our series on the church and the servants of the church. Uh, although there very much is a connection, a tie-in, right? We've been talking about how God equips and calls people to, to serve, and we've seen how that really flows out of how Christ has served us. And that's really going to be the focal point today. Uh, really zooming in, how does, how does Christ serve and bless and care for his people. That's the, that's the wellspring of it all. We're even using some of the same terminology. Remember, we talked about elders. We talked about how they're called to be shepherds. Well, where do they get that, that language, that title, that work? Well, it's from the shepherd himself. And so today, as opposed to focusing in on human service, we're going to look at Christ and his service to us. This passage uh, has, has been on my mind in John 10. If you are here at the the funeral service earlier in the week, when we look at the end of John 10, and it's just, this is so good. It, it, it's important. Let's go back to the beginning and look at the beginning of the passage, and that's what we'll do this morning. We won't even get to the good stuff at the end, though you can keep reading later on. We'll just, we'll read and study the first 21 verses. Now let's, let's read God's word together. Jesus speaking. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees a, the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them, he flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I received from the Father. There was a division, again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many, said, many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? 
Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Let's pray. Our great God, we pray that you would open our spiritual eyes this morning. Help us to see the glories of who you are uh, and what you do for your people. Uh, We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I, I wonder how many of you had a hard week. It's a tough, tough week. Maybe you show up this morning and just feel weary, worn out, tired, maybe discouraged. Maybe it was maybe because you haven't been feeling well or haven't slept well or just circumstances buzzing around just make it difficult. Maybe it looks like something that's just not going to end anytime soon. Uh, or maybe it's just the everyday frustrations that just make life Difficult, but but all in all, some way or fashion, a hard week. Probably that means that you could benefit from some encouragement, from some good news. Well, that's what our passage is. Uh, that's really what the Lord's Supper is as well. The two fit because what God gives to weary people, weary sheep, is good news, uh, encouraging news, not 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 shallow surface level. Uh, fluff, but really deep, rich, uh, life-giving truth. Uh, his very word and this wonderful picture of God's love and his care. Uh, in fact, we'll, we'll put it under this title, Isn't it good to be a sheep in Christ's flock? Isn't it good to be a sheep in Christ's flock? And we just want to work our way through this passage and just meditate on the blessings that are promised here in these vivid pictures to Christ's sheep. Uh, God wants to encourage, he wants to strengthen us. But we'll but we'll have to we'll have to picture sheep. So kids, can you can you help me? Can can you use your imagination? Can you picture being a sheep? Right? So you gotta picture yourself there out in the field, and you got short little legs and fluffy woolly body, and and there you are wandering around. You're a sheep. But you're not incredibly smart. You're prone to wander off. Uh, you can't take care of yourself. Uh, and so so how, how are you going to make it? But then you look up, and sure enough, there is this big, strong guy out in front. He's the shepherd. He's your shepherd. And you don't have to worry about anything because he's protecting you, and he's caring for you, and he's guiding you. Uh, that's the good news. And here Jesus takes that picture and says, that is his people. That's us. Uh, if you're a true believer in Christ, right, uh, this is uh, those who are in the flock are those who know Christ and follow him. Even describes those who are sheep as those who, who know the voice of the shepherd and follow him. Is, is that you? Right? Have you heard Christ Uh, speak through his word and call you to to trust in his work and to follow him. And if that's you, then all of this truth is yours. What's being described in these pictures is is the reality that rules your life. Uh, It's more real than those hard things you went through this week. It's more enduring, more uh, more substantial than, than the things that in light of eternity are just temporary, as hard as they are. This is the reality that rules your life, if you're a sheep in the flock of God. Now, 
If you're one who, you have to admit, not really following Christ, or you're still kind of wrestling with the claims of Jesus, eh, I'm not sure, seems like a good guy, should I follow him, should I give my life and trust him? Uh, well, then what this is to you is, uh, is good news as well. What the good news it is, is not something you have, but something that Christ offers. And so the key thing is to, is to realize this is what you need and what Christ holds out as a free gift. Uh, as, as those who, who turn from their sin and trust in him and follow him, it's, it's, it's free. Uh, but, it, but it's what we need. Uh, it's what we need. Uh, and we look to him. So uh, let's, let's look, work our way through the passage again. Coming back to this idea, isn't it good uh, to be a sheep in Christ's flock? Uh, first, because it means you have, uh, as your shepherd, the rightful caring owner. Now, that's the, the first three verses. So Jesus starts, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber, but he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. Now Christ's original audience would have been able to pick up on all this imagery pretty quickly, because this was everyday life. Uh, sheep, flock, Oh, they, they, they have a sheep fold, a, a, a pen, a kind of a fenced-in area where the sheep would go. Uh, it often was made up of, of a stone wall. Often the stone walls would have thorns on top of the wall, kind of like the ancient version of barbed wire. Uh, but this this very carefully arranged and protected sheep fold, and, and there, the, there the sheep would be, would be safe. And, of course, there'd be a door. Uh, not only so that the sheep could get in and out, but also so the shepherd could get in and, the, and get, to, get to the sheep. And the door could be guarded by a gatekeeper. He would know uh, who the right shepherds are who could get in. Uh, so if you happen to come along this, uh, this, this enclosure, this sheepfold, this pen, and you saw someone trying to climb over top of the wall, you knew that's not the shepherd. Shepherd uses the door. This guy uh, isn't the rightful owner. This guy is there uh, to kill and to steal. He's a thief. He's a robber. Uh, but, Jesus says, the, the shepherd, the good shepherd, the one who actually cares for his sheep, the rightful owner, that one is the one who has access through the door. Uh, and so you can even just push pause there and realize that the, the shepherd, the one who cares for you, uh, the one who leads you and, and watches over your soul, is the rightful owner. He's the one who, who actually cares because he's the one who created you. He's the one who sustains you and keeps you well. That's the one uh, who, who is going into you, going before you. That's the, the caring rightful owner. That's your, that's your shepherd. But it goes right to the, the second point, which is noticing the bond of trust between the shepherd and his sheep. Here we keep reading over in verse 3, uh, second half. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A shepherd, a stranger, they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Okay, so you have this sheep pen, and, and frequently what would happen is you'd have multiple flocks in the same sheep pen. Right? You live in a town, or you get neighbors, and, and only make it easy, build one structure, and have, all, and have all the sheep together. 
But then when it's time for the shepherd to go out to pasture, he only wants to bring his sheep with him. So how do you get the, get the sheep to follow the right shepherd? And how, do, how does the shepherd make sure that none of his sheep get left behind and mixed up with somebody else's sheep? Well, here you get the answer. Uh, this wonderful, beautiful thing that apparently really does happen with good shepherds, uh, which is uh, that sheep form such a bond of trust with the real shepherd that they just know his voice. And so when he calls them, they know, oh, that's the guy I'm supposed to follow. So if it's someone else's voice, they just ignore it. But if it's the shepherd's voice, they actually go. And that's why the right sheep come out of the pen at the right time. Because they know the voice of the shepherd uh, and, and they follow him. They know him that well. They trust him uh, that well. Um, it's this beautiful thing that God says about his people. Uh, that true sheep, those who are true believers, they know the voice uh, of their shepherd, Jesus. God does this amazing work of grace in our hearts that he, he gives us ears to hear. Uh, he gives us ears to hear our, uh, our, uh, our, Savior's, our Savior's voice. Uh, that, that all of a sudden we realize, this is, this is the Lord, and, and i got to follow him. Right? Has God done that work of grace in your life? You just... He just changed your heart. I heard this uh, story not too long ago. Uh, this uh, uh, this really incredible, um, incredibly smart uh, individual, and uh, grew up in a non-religious household. Uh, but he talks about going to college. Just wanders by this uh, this campus ministry book table, and he, he just grabs a book off the book table. It's a C.S. Lewis book, and he just and he just started reading out of curiosity. No, almost nothing about Jesus. But all of a sudden, he starts reading, and he's like, how in the world does this person know what's going on inside my head? And it's because God, through the words of Lewis and the truth of Scripture, he was, he was hearing the voice of his shepherd, and it changed his life. Uh, and, and now he's a, he's a passionate uh, believer and author and, and does some really great work. Because all of a sudden, the voice of the shepherd, that's it. i got to follow him. God, God did this work of grace uh, in in his in his life and and if you're a sheep that's that's your story in one way or another uh, God gave you ears to hear the voice uh, the voice of the shepherd uh, but you keep going even in those few verses there and you start to realize why it is uh, that the sheep form such a bond with the shepherd uh, why there is this why they trust him why they know him that well uh, notice how Jesus says he knows his sheep by name. Individually, he knows his sheep by name. Right? You've probably had that experience that 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 how how nice and encouraging it is when when there's someone you know and respect, uh, but you're not quite sure they really even know I exist. Uh, but they 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 call you by name and greet you personally, and you're like, oh, okay, I guess they do know who I am. Right? It feels feels good. I remember being at a conference years ago, and all these you know important pastors and students and. And there was one of the keynote speakers at the, at, at the conference. And we were between sessions, and this, this keynote speaker just happened to wander by, and he saw me, and, and uh, just we kind of locked eyes. And he said, oh, hi, David, good to see you. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's somebody I really respect as a, as a pastor, as a scholar, and, and it just feels like oh, that recognition. Now, I think that's just tiny. How about the creator of the universe? The Lord of all, right? Not only knows vaguely that you exist, 
sheep of the Lord, but, but actually knows you and calls you by name. Right? And this is so very important, especially when we're going through challenging times. Because I don't know about you, you can get this feeling, okay, I know God is big. right? He's out there, he's big. Uh, but but it, especially in difficult times, it can just feel like, yeah, but he doesn't really notice me. See what, see what God is saying here. That the shepherd knows his sheep and he calls them by name. Right? You, believer, you by name. Uh, the Lord himself. All right? It is. It's good, to be, it's good to be a sheep in the flock of God. Actually, we, we need to say a little bit more about this, this bond of trust. Because notice where it goes here, verse 3 into verse 4. The sheep hear his voice, he calls them by name, he leads them out, uh, and when he's brought them all out, he goes before them. He goes before them. Again, it's this picture of the bond of trust between them. Apparently, this is actually a big difference between how shepherding is done uh, in Jesus' part of the world and how it's done in the West. Uh, So in in the West, I assume, places like England and so forth, uh, shepherding traditionally in the West is done uh, with the shepherd behind the sheep, right? They use sheep dogs uh, to, to kind of nip at the heels and drive and corral the sheep. That's how they're, that's how they're led. You lead them from behind, kind of nip them and drive them and they move ahead. But apparently in the, in the East, where, where Jesus is here, uh, the, the tradition and the work of the shepherd is he forms such a tight bond of trust and knowledge with the sheep that he just goes in front of them. And they trust him so much, and they know him so well, they just follow him. Oh, he's the shepherd. Yeah, we're going to go where he goes. Uh, that, that's, you, you don't need a dog to corral everything. They just, they just follow him. And that's what Jesus is saying, is saying here. He, he, we have the shepherd, right? He goes before us. He, he leads us. And, and we can say, yeah, I can go where he leads, because I, I, I trust him. Uh, I trust him. All right, and here's here's good news. Again, whatever circumstances, whatever challenging things are out there, you can be encouraged. Well, he knows where he's going. I can I can trust him to lead him to lead me. He's out front. It might not feel sometimes like Jesus is out front, but he is. He promises, right? and, and he forms that bond, that trust with his his people. The third blessing, which again flows right out of these same things, is the blessing of safety. Safety, And here we look at verses 10, or 7 through 10. Notice how Jesus quickly changes the image a little bit. See if you can follow it. Jesus again said to them, Truly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep do not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So you see the related but new image. Now Jesus says, I'm the door. Right? This would be the door of the, the sheepfold, the sheep pen. Right? In order to get the sheep in and to get the sheep out, you have a door. And Jesus says, I'm the door. The door which allows the sheep in, safety, allows the sheep out to pasture, and that's life. You can kind of take it one at a time. Uh, the door, through the door, means the safety of the sheepfold. Right? And inside that protective uh, pen, the sheep are safe. 
uh, and, and he even, even mentions that, that, that sheep have, have enemies, right? That there are those uh, who came, come only to steal and kill. There are enemies of the sheep. And we know that spiritually. We have, we have enemies, right? Spiritual ones, right? Not, not talking about the, uh, the mean neighbor or the disagreeable coworker, you know, as difficult as those can be. The real enemies, the real uh, enemies of our souls are the spiritual ones. Right, so so there is there is the fallen world in its darkness that pulls and tugs and tries to pull us away from the Lord. There is the the, the evil one, Satan himself, behind it, a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, would love to uh, to to disrupt and, and devour believers in the church as a whole. There is the the own part of our fallen hearts, all right. That's the, the, our flesh. That's that's an enemy too, right? So there are these spiritual enemies. Where is it that we are safe? How is it that we can be safe from all those attacking enemies? Jesus says, it's the door. Right? Through the door, you're safe. Right? Through Jesus, in Jesus, you're, you're safe from all the enemies of your soul. Right? Jesus is that way to safety. Uh, it's, it's, it's trusting in him and, and running to him when you first become a believer and, and every day after. Right? Your safety is through the door, right, in Jesus. But that same door that allows you safety is also the door to true life, which is the other part of the image, right? Because the sheep go in to find safety, and they go out to the pasture. The pasture, the, the, the green grass, right, the, uh, the, the, the dinner table buffet, uh, right, that's the, that's the pasture, uh, for the sheep, there's their, there's their food that not only keeps them alive, but makes them fat and happy and contented, uh, right? And how do you get there? You go out the door. That's the way to life. And Jesus, again, contrasts it with, with others. Yeah, others are thieves. They seek to steal and kill. Why is Jesus the door arriving? So they can go out and they can have life. True life, ab- abundant life, he calls it. So what the kind of life that Jesus brings uh, is, is not just life that doesn't end, though that's part of it, right? It's, it's everlasting, never-ending life. Not even death ends it. Uh, but it's more than just never-ending life. It's life abundantly, he says. Uh, life as it was actually meant to be lived and, and, and beyond. Uh, right? Ultimately, that abundant life we see in the new heavens and the new earth as God brings his sheep into this world where there's, there's no more uh, death, there's no more pain, there's no more tears, right? There's the fullness of life, and we're with him. But, but the Bible says that actually begins, that breaks in right here and now, right? As we have, even now, through Christ, we have a, an intimate relationship with the God who made us. Uh, we, have, we have more and more freedom uh, from fear, knowing that uh, that. God promises, our shepherd promises to never leave us and forsake us. And so we can have more and more freedom from fear. We can have more and more victory over sin and be more and more transformed into the likeness of Christ. Uh, we, can have, we can have the blessings of, of knowing God and serving him in the world uh, with the gifts and the good works he prepares for us. Uh, we can be among a family of, of believers that can encourage us and build us up, right? This is the, those little down payments on heaven, those little uh, foretastes, the 
beginnings of abundant life, and we even start to enjoy it here. And how does that come? It comes through Christ, right? He's the door. We go out, and there's the pasture. We go through Christ and in Christ, trusting in Christ, and sure enough, abundant uh, life, even in the midst of the challenges and the difficulties. And how is that all possible? Well, it's possible because of the, the final blessing, which is the, the saving sacrifice. There are actually more blessings. We could keep going in the passage, but we'll, we'll, we'll end here with this one, the saving sacrifice. And you can start to see, here's the most direct tie-in with the Lord's Supper. Right? The, the saving sacrifice. What do we have here? But, but emblems of the sacrifice of Christ. Uh, with the, the bread and the wine. Well, here's, here's the same sacrifice pictured, only it's in terms of a shepherd. Well, let's read verses 11 to 13. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So again, a contrast here. The shepherd is contrasted with a, a hired workman. Uh, the workman doesn't hate the sheep, uh, but he doesn't love them enough to hang around when the wolf comes. Come on, I'm not dying for these guys. Like, I'm out of here. Right? He's not going to give his life the hired workman for a, for a bunch of sheep. In contrast, the good shepherd, the true shepherd, right? he loves the sheep so much that he will even go to the point of risking his life. Only with Jesus, it's not just risking his life, it's giving his life. Willingly. You might have caught towards the end of the passage, verses 17, 18, Jesus really emphasizes that he gives his life willingly. Like, it wasn't just like an accident, or there was a really strong wolf or something. You know, no, no, intentionally. This is what he came to do. To be the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Uh, it's the same kind of sacrifice we have pictured here. Jesus giving his life. It's the highlight of what he came to do. Why is that so significant? Well, because we're sheep who have gone astray. Right? We're, we're those who have, who have not uh, trusted in the Lord, not followed his ways, or not worthy of life. Uh, instead, in our sin, we're, we're worthy to be condemned, worthy of death. So if we're going to be rescued, if we're going to have life, it's got to be because someone bears the judgment for us. Someone dies in our place. And that's the good shepherd. He lays down his life for the sheep. He dies so the sheep don't have to. And that's what we see here at the, at the table. Jesus, uh, his body given, his blood poured out. So that the judgment doesn't fall on us, it falls on him. All so that we can live, so that we can have uh, eternal life. He cares that much. Uh, he, he, he lives out that love so powerful. So it is good, isn't it, to be a, a sheep in Christ's flock? Perhaps you all already start to see where, uh, where you go with this, right? What now? That's the, the final statement there on the outline. What now? What do you... Where does this go? What do you do with this? Uh, well, it's in, you could kind of say, well, how do you celebrate the Lord's Supper or walk away from the Lord's Supper? But what this should fill your heart with, whether it's the passage or the supper, is first and foremost thankfulness, thankfulness to the Lord, uh, just gratitude. For, Look how good you've been, Lord. I haven't deserved any of it. 
But you call me by name, you guard, you guide, you give life, uh, you, you, you lay down your life for me, uh, a welling up of, of thankfulness to, to, God's, to God's goodness. And of course, that then flows into renewed trust. Uh, renewed trust. We walk away, whether it's from a passage or from the supper, uh, hopefully trusting the Lord more, eager to, to walk in his ways more, recommitted to, to following him more, right? To realizing we are a sheep. Uh, Lord, help me to act like a sheep this week, to actually trust the one who goes before me, to actually walk in those ways where he's, he's taking us. We're, we're encouraged to have it flow out uh, into renewed commitment and obedience to his, uh, to his word. And the, the Lord's Supper is a, a, a wonderful follow-up. It, it really rehearses all the good things uh, that we've been talking about from the Word. Uh, that we have one who has loved us so much, he's even laid down his life for us. Uh, that he, he loves us personally, even just as you personally take the elements. Look, he, he, he's loved you, called you personally. Uh, and it gives, he gives life, right? Just as the, the elements themselves give you life. So take this good news, meditate on it, and then let's even act it out as we go to the table together. Uh, let's, let's pray. Father, we do thank you and praise you for the good news of the Savior. Uh, Father, we do, we need good news, and we're thankful uh, that uh, what you have done is far above what we could ask or even imagine. And we pray that you would enlarge our hearts to even take it in afresh. And in, with renewed depth and renewed joy, even here as we come. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.